The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Quick break to tell you guys about NFL Game Pass, the only way that you can replay every game all season long. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. So every game that we're talking about right now, you guys can rewatch it after the fact. I'm going to be going back, and you guys can too. Go check out Lamar Jackson in week one. Go check out Dak Prescott and what that Cowboys offense actually did. Go check out Kyler Murray in his NFL debut. That's my favorite thing about NFL Game Pass. You can go back and watch at any time. And if you haven't watched a condensed game yet, you have to try it out. It's every play from the game back to back to back so you can replay an entire NFL game in the fraction of the time it normally takes. It's how I'm able to follow all the MVP candidates, all the breakout stars, and, of course, your waiver wire pickups all season long. To see all the action this season and stay on top of all the big storylines, you need NFL Game Pass. Best of all, you can kick off the 2019 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Just sign up now at NFL.com slash NFL. If you like my show, you're going to love You're Welcome with Chael Sonnen on Podcast One. Join the UFC superstar as he interviews the hottest names in MMA about the world of competitive fighting and more. Check out You're Welcome with Chael Sonnen every week on Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Welcome into the PFF NFL Podcast. Steve Palazzolo back here with Mike Renner for his final outing of the year, I think. Mm, yeah. A little hiatus over the summer. I will be locked in a closet doing what we're going to talk about today. Doing 2020 draft prospect analysis yes. is what you're going to be doing. So uh, that's what we're talking about today. We want to get a little head start on 2020 because you guys love the draft. You can't stop listening, watching. So we'll do a little draft discussion looking ahead to 2020 you already put out a watch list Correct. of 2020 players so let's just let's just do it let's fly right through mm-hmm. it uh, starting with what do you want to do position by position yes go position by position all right let's go we'll start a quarterback of course i think some of the big discussion here this past year's quarterback class was okay had some question marks beyond kyler murray right now it looks like it's going to be the tua show tua tua tagovailoa from Alabama, and then Justin Herbert from Oregon. I think the debate here is Tua's accuracy versus Herbert's upside talent. and arm six talent. fiveness and arm talents. What are we seeing from these guys? So you far? guys are going to get sick of hearing about Tua's arm or lack thereof. It's not a great. He doesn't have the Josh Allen cannon. He doesn't even have Daniel Jones. Probably has a better arm than him, and he was getting criticized. Jones didn't have a great arm. And yeah, he was getting criticized for his arm. He is on the bottom end of arm strength. But the dude is accurate. He's about as accurate as any quarterback we saw in college football last year. And for only a sophomore, that is special, even in the advanced accuracy, which sort of takes away, you know, you're going to have a high completion percentage with the talent they have there at Alabama. That sort of strips that away and says, no, he was still a very accurate passer, even without that, even, you know, regardless of the talent that he's playing with. So his accuracy, I think you'll be coveted. Also very athletic as well. That's going to play a factor. But Herbert... Herbert makes special throws. He has some of the best throws on tape. If he would have come out this past season, I would have been hard-pressed for him to see him slip out of the first round. But there's also the ugly on tape. He has that that Jared Goff six-pick Utah game from way back when he was coming out. He had a, he had more than one of those, it seemed like, this past season. I mean, he was horrendous against tape. San Jose State. Exactly. So he has that go-in-the-tank sort of nature that you're like, 
I can see why he came back. If he cleans that up, doesn't have those bad games on tape this year, he'll be in that conversation for the number one overall pick. It's going to be a, an interesting discussion as those guys develop. Herbert, um, coming into the year, we thought was going to be the number one quarterback prospect. That was before Kyler emerged, before Dwayne Haskins emerged, mm-hmm. and before we realized Herbert wasn't even going to declare. And he was on his way with four... Uh, really strong games out of his first five, and then really tapered off. Had a horrendous game against Arizona. We mentioned the bad game against San Jose State. Um, the Tua discussion, yeah, we're not saying like you can't win with. I, I don't, you know, Mariota. I said the same. I don't think Mariota's got a great arm. Just like a quick release, doesn't really have the tight mm-hmm. window zip. Um, but Tua's ninety point eight overall grade as a true sophomore. I mean, that is yeah. sensational. Mm-hmm. Um, even with all the, even with all the talent around him. So those two guys are the biggest to watch when it comes to quarterbacks. Are there any? You don't have any running backs on the watch list because we hate <laughs> This them. was our first round, but it is, I think it's a good running back class next year. Jonathan Taylor, obviously the Wisconsin running back. If he stayed all four years, dude could break the NCAA rushing record if he wanted to there at Wisconsin. Also have uh, Travis Etienne out of Clemson. Etienne's I love really him. Good. I think he's my favorite in the draft class. Uh, Swift, jo- Swift out of uh, Georgia. Gosh, first name I'm blanking DeAndre. on. DeAndre. Okay. I want to say Jonathan. That was a basketball player. So many Jonathans. Yeah. Uh, those are, I think, the class of the running backs. But at the same time, this was a first-round conversation, guys. I got you. So running backs. There's never going to be Need not backs. apply, unfortunately, for, so, on the website. So let's move on to wide receiver because a lot of people were saying, hey, look, this past draft, teams weren't investing in wide receivers because they're looking forward. And I don't know how many teams truly have a two-year vision for wide receivers. Yeah. But people who know college football, people who do – um, have grades on every single player mm-hmm. in all of college football have been looking at this and saying, okay, next year's wide receiver class could be special. And you had four guys listed here that certainly need first round watch list consideration. Yeah, to me, there's two guys that just based solely on the tape from this past season, I would have taken ahead of any other wide receiver in this draft class. Those guys are Alabama's Jerry Judy. I mean, he's going to, in my mind, be top five pick. Next year, yeah. like, he's one of those kind of just top five lock. He'll be whoever's the first team that needs a wide receiver in the draft is going to be taking Jerry Judy next year. He's that good. Only 6'1", 192. He doesn't have the Julio Jones profile, but in terms of what he can do on the field, absurd after the catch, uh, incredibly explosive. He is a, he's just a co- very complete wide receiver. Seven of 11 contested catches, four drops only on, 68, or on 72 catchable. He just pretty much ticks every single box besides the you know, ideal 6'4 size, whatever box he wants. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but when he runs, he has that smoothness about him. When he runs, does that... I'm trying to think of who that reminds me of. Like Just some of your best... Smoothest receivers with you know in and out of breaks and after the catch. If you were to put a comp on Jerry Judy, Odell Beckham, Odell Beckham is I yeah. think your comp in terms of just, he moves at a level, just sees the game and you know sort of like the way he moves is just pure coordination, athleticism mixed there. Like he could have played any one of those guys, just any sport he would have played, he probably would have been playing at the highest level. Who's your other? And the other guy would be that I think would have top. is Jalen Rieger, the TCU. I know everyone's kind of. People like C.D. Lamb, people like LaVisca Chenault, T. Higgins. Jalen Rieger, in my opinion, is the second-best wide receiver in that class. Could compete with Judy because I think, in terms of pure line speed, he has more than Judy. Clocked at a 4-3-2 last spring, a year ago, yeah, at this time. fast. He is, what he did to Chris Boyd in that Texas game, Chris Boyd, a drafted cornerback in the NFL, he made him look completely and utterly undraftable. Like, he just turned around multiple times. He is incredibly explosive. Uh, he yeah, looked fast against Ohio State. Exactly. Yeah. Like he is 
the total package. And the thing is, he had like something, I think, I want to say 15 contested catches, and he's only 5'10 or 5'11, 195. He's another guy who's not big. They're, this class isn't going to be your monsters, but those two, Rieger and Judy, I have very few question marks about their game translating to the next level. You mentioned C.D. Lamb, who didn't make this particular list, mm-hmm. but when I was watching Oklahoma, my hot take was that he was better than Marquise Brown. Okay. I thought he just had a just a smoother, all-around, natural skill set. I mean, Kyler would back shoulder throws to him. He just had mm-hmm. uh, a really good feel for the game. Really like C.D. Lamb overall. The other two that you mentioned, though, LaVisca Chenault from Colorado, T. Higgins from Clemson. I was watching Chenault a little bit earlier. I hate make. I hate throwing comps around. Just but he had a little Larry Fitzgerald, just natural feel for catching the ball, and it's only because I don't think he's that fast. But he had this natural feel when the ball's in the air that I thought was uh, a little Larry Fitz-like. Chenault, you're saying? Chenault, yeah. Yes. And I think he is – so he's 6'2", 225. Like, he looks like a running back. He will be a weapon on screens after the catch. 31 broken tackles this past year. I mean, the other guys in this list were – Judy had 17, was the next most of these guys on this list. He had 31. He just – utterly impossible to bring down and you mentioned the contested catches eight of nine this past season contested catches and that's what i was seeing early in the year he's the <laughs> yeah. go-to guy against nebraska right. and he is so making, strong at the catch point making incredible uh catches so he was doing it everywhere i mean he was yeah. our highest graded receiver halfway through the season before he before got he hurt ever. and then his, mm-hmm. his grade tapered off just a little bit t higgins uh maybe the second best receiver on clemson but still yeah very, right very good. but he is very good and he's going to Tick more of your prototypical size. He's 6'4", 205. And the thing I love about him is he broke still 11 tackles on 59 catchable passes, and he wasn't getting screens there. He still was right. basically... I love to see bigger wide receivers who can do stuff after the catch. I don't like big wide receivers who kind of just go down first guy that touches them. So uh, I think he brings that skill set to the table. That's a little different than the rest of those guys. The other guys, a lot of after the catch, a lot of route ring separation type of that. T. Higgins brings that more prototypical ex-wide receiver so get ready the wide receiver class it's, it's real i think it's going to be one of those the college season's happening you're just going to see highlight after highlight all over social media with these mm-hmm. guys making plays it'll be a, a great debate next year let's go to the offensive line uh this past class tackle was pretty good we had some questions about the uh-huh. offensive interior who are we looking at as the top players on the o-line next year georgia's andrew thomas uh, multiple years now uh, he's a true sophomore last year so he's going to be a true junior if he declares, uh, you can you could see offensive line, offensive tackle, especially talent early on in their career, where it's tough to teach a guy who's as big, you know, six five, three hundred twenty pounds, to just move well. Right. And the way he moves, you're just like, okay, this guy is going to be good. And then when you see the grading on him, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, like there's a lot to work with here. He was uh, probably the best lineman on a really good Georgia line, exactly. That had a ton of experience, older players than him, and he is just powerful like just legitimately people mover type offensive tackle but also the athleticism he combines both like there he's not just a plotting dj fluker type he's not not at all no uh any other tackles are there is there strength you know when we get into the interior of the o-line as well yeah so two guys from the big 10 offensive linemen i want to mention uh tristan Wirfs from iowa plays tackle at iowa might be a guard at the next level. He not necessarily the movement skills aren't on the level of Andrew Thomas's to stay at tackle, but probably the strongest offensive lineman in college football at the moment. And he was only a true, he's only going to be a true junior. 
the dude the dude has reps on tape where he picks guys up off the ground like the most dominant reps you'll ever see is the blindside-esque reps where he is freakishly just he's stronger than the guys he's going against and only just turned 20 years old in january i think he had something like a 500 pound hang clean he's he's a weight room warrior all-state wrestler there's he had ticks all the boxes you love about an offensive lineman uh graded out fairly well this past season you really saw the high level blocks though like for a true sophomore to he started as a true freshman at iowa there's a lot of special traits i'm not sure he declares next season because he might not be per- perfect still in pass pro there's still issues there but <coughs> you you sort of trust a guy who's that much of an ox to get the job you done. make me really want to go watch him now he's hashtag fun to watch Hashtag fun to watch. Perfect. Let's go check him out. Um, I can't think of the, um, the Tennessee kid's name now. Smith? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, was Trayvon Smith? Is that right? Trey? Trey Smith. Just, just Trey Smith. Smith, yeah. He's going to be getting a ton of press. Yeah. I mean, he's already getting that publicity as the top guy. He played guard as a true freshman, played left mm-hmm. tackle last year, and that, but has graded pretty well. He's been a little bit like he'll crush a guy and then whiff on a block. He's mm-hmm. he's one of those guys that we still need to see a little bit more from, yeah. but I think we'll... And people are on Walker Little back. as well. I don't dislike Walker Little. I just don't think I'm lo- locking him into the first-round conversation at this point. He's, just, he's not on the level of athleticism of these other guys. And then Tyler Biotish from uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Highest-graded center. Uh, top five-graded center each of the past two seasons. I think if he would have come out this past year, had a legitimate case to be the top center on our draft board. Uh, did not come out, but only going to be a redshirt junior next year, so we could feasibly stay two more years. But, yeah, I mean, he's extremely good. I thought as a run blocker he was better than even Garrett Bradbury last season if he would have come out. I, I think he offers more from a size, strength, uh, you know, all-around perspective and can make those reach blocks at the same high level that Bradbury did. There's a lot to like with Biotish. All right, let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Again, this past draft, love comparing year-to-year, year, right? This past mm-hmm. draft... Uh, one of the best defensive line classes we've seen in recent years. A ton of defensive linemen off the board, both high-end players, but also some depth to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are we looking at, at as far as the defensive line goes uh, heading into next year? Right now, I don't think it's quite as good. I do think there are two guys, though, that are clearly... There's two defensive ends that are both true sophomores, or were true sophomores this past year, will be true juniors, that are head and shoulders above anyone else. Like these guys... So Chase Young out of Ohio State... Led the nation in pressures this past season, uh, seventy-five of those. He is, for he just size, athleticism, pass rushing moves already. Dude's got it all. Like when he, Nick, Bo- I mean, yeah, when yeah. Bosa got hurt, the fact that Young, along with Draymond Jones, but he was able to pick up the slack. I mean, this was going to be the most fearsome D line when Bosa was there. Yeah, but you know, even without Bosa there, Chase Young was able to pick up a lot of the slack for sure. Chase Young. Another guy where I said with Jerry Judy, just pencil him into the top five, whoever needs wide receiver first. I feel the same way about Young and defensive end first. Uh, the other guy, A.J. Ipanisa out of Iowa, defensive end, may not have heard too much about him because, well, he only played 412 snaps this past year, but he is 6'6", 280 pounds, and on those 412 snaps, he had 10 sacks and 46 pressures. Uh, yeah, he's he starts, crazy number. He starts playing full-time. He is... Every, he doesn't look like he's 6'6", 280. He doesn't move like that. He moves like other defense, you know, other college 250-pound defensive ends. He is, uh, they'll be right up there. Uh, if I were to put a top five in this draft class, it would look something like probably Tua Tagovailoa, Jerry Judy, these two, and then 
maybe one of the cornerbacks that we'll get to later. But that those those four, I feel very confident in being top five players in this class. Epenisa, as you said, I'm going to keep an eye on his his weight or what he looks like weight wise this year. Mm-hmm. Does he come into the seat? He's listed at six six two eighty. Let's pretend that's real. Does he decide he he's he's an interior player and he's going to get up to two ninety? Don't do it. Is he going to play edge and maybe slim down a uh-huh. touch? But I mean that is incredible size, eighty five point two grade against the run as well. So he's a well rounded player. Every year we put together our, our breakout players list. Here are the guys that graded really well on. A small number of snaps. He played 412 snaps. That's more than a lot of the guys we put on the breakout list. But, I mean, he's your classic. Yeah. You give him 600 to 700 snaps, we could be talking about a 15-sack season. Exactly. You know, just a, not that we're into sacks necessarily, <laughs> but just as a descriptor of what type of player he <laughs> is. Um, anyone else on the D-line that stands out? or is, so it, or is it The thinner? interior is thinner from what I've seen. Uh, and the defense, uh, it's just thinner across the board from what I see in terms of the defensive line talent. But I will say, Javon Kinlaw could have come out this past year, the South Carolina defensive tackle. I think he'd be the top one on our board heading into next year. He's, he's 6'6, 300, does not move like he's 6'6, 300. He is very athletic, uh, is very twitchy uh, on the interior there for a defensive tackle. Box score stats, nothing to write home about, uh, only four sacks. 15 tackles total, solo tackles, but 88.7 pass rushing grade. You see a lot of a lot of quick wins there from him on the inside. A lot of the ones we like to see where it's, you know, the, the guys who can win on contact are the special ones on the interior. He is that. Uh, and again, 6'6", 300 is tough. It's just a tough matchup for offensive guards, centers in the NFL. And that's what Derek Brown from Auburn pretty much is. Similar body type, 6'5", 325. Derek Brown's similar body type, but I don't nowhere near the athleticism. Okay, yeah. I, I, he is... I think he'll be in the first-round conversation because he looks plug-and-play from a run defense perspective. Slightly a little, a little worse athlete than even a Dexter Lawrence who went this past year, but uh, you saw the pass rushing moves. He knows how to use his hands well as a pass rusher. Can be a pocket pusher and handful of pressures. I don't think he's completely... Uh, limited. He's not your prototypical no-sack who just eats space. He can do more than that. He can add some as a pass rusher, but he'll be fringe first-round conversation, Derek Brown from Auburn. I had Auburn fans trying to push him in this year's first round before he declared because he did, you know, he was a a potential declaration. You've seen consistent progress Mm -hmm. in his career. Let's go now to the the back seven, the fun guys, linebacker level. I see you wrote down Isaiah Simmons from Clemson. He is um, another hashtag fun to watch player. When you look at um, essentially a safety. I mean, he's yeah. that overhang, overhang type player. of safety yeah. with, with at Clemson. Uh, I wrote down in my notes he makes safety plays at linebacker size essentially. Yes, he guards the slot and man coverage. He comes in and plays the run in the box. He is uh, just a special athlete and what he brings to the table. I'm not sure where you play him at the NFL level. I think you at his size, almost 230, play him at linebacker in today's NFL. Uh, may not be exceptional against the run, but I don't think you'd give a damn with how yeah. what he can do in coverage there his, uh, for your defense. 88.9 overall grade this past year. His body type reminds me of Justin Simmons, the former BC safety who's yeah. playing with the Broncos now, like really high cut, and he's like, you don't really want him flipping his hips, but like just in pure off coverage, his ability to break on the ball and some of the plays that he made mm-hmm. were absolutely spectacular. You're like, hey, that's, a, that's what a 200-pound safety should be doing, and you're mm-hmm. doing it at 230. So watch... Isaiah Simmons for Clemson flying around making plays on the ball. Did you have any other linebackers you were keeping an eye on, or was it? No, was that, that was that was what I point? saw. That I was like, this guy just because linebackers tough to even 
guys like Devin White a year ago, you're kind of like, he has a lot to work on, a lot to improve. So that was the only guy I felt comfortable saying first There's round. a lot of movement sometimes exactly. as far as who, who the next uh, players are going to be. Mm-hmm. Let's go to cornerback. You had a bunch of guys here, starting yes. with Bryce Hall from Virginia. We were talking earlier in the office. I said, was, would Bryce Hall be the number one cornerback off the board? Good size, moves really well, made a ton of plays on the ball. And because the NFL was really unsure as to who the best corner was in this class, I could see... Them, I could see them falling in love with a guy like Bryce Hall. Yeah, season. Hall has the traits. Height, length, uh, speed as well. 23 forcing completions this past year. That led the nation. Uh, 91.2 overall grade from him. I'm very surprised he did come back to Virginia uh, because it's not like you can play too much better than how he played last year. You can't, can't lead the nation, you know, can't double lead, lead the nation or whatever in forcing completions. So he's the tape is great with him. Uh, yeah, I, I don't have too many question marks with his game. I thought his feet were a little clunky down the field, flipping his hips. Not perfect in that regard, but uh, you can get away with that when you're a bigger cornerback in press coverage, that sort of thing. It's not nearly as big a deal. So he's not like as smooth an athlete as the next guy on our list, Christian Fulton, LSU cornerback, who I thought was right up there with Greedy Williams this past year, even in terms of our grading, outplayed Greedy Williams this yeah. past year at LSU. Another guy who I was surprised when he came back because I was like, he'll be a first-rounder if he comes out. He's that smooth as an athlete. I think he's going to run in the low 4-4s, going to have nice change of direction, you know, tick those sort of boxes, and only allowed 17 catches all last season. So those, those are probably one and two at the cornerback position heading into next year. You've fallen in love with a few of these corners, though. I've seen you pushing them on social media and all that stuff. Darnay Holmes. This is more of a projection. Yellow. Holmes, I don't think if it you is, just look though. at pure grading, 81.5, he got sauced by Dylan Mitchell in the Oregon game. A little bit. Uh, a little bit. There's, he's, the other two, uh, Fulton and Hall, have already been locked down. Holmes, not nearly as much, but Holmes is legitimately going to run probably uh, in the low 4-3s. He's going to be that guy in next year's class, the UCLA cornerback. He ran down a running back from about 10 yards behind him this past season. I, was, I think it was the Arizona game. He ran uh, a 4-3-6. At the opening. Okay. So, so the high school yeah. showcase back in 2016, 4-3-6. Mm-hmm. And I saw you talking about him. I'm like, I, I, I got to see if there is something on record as far as him running for So that's what I found, 4-3-6 yeah. for Darnay Holmes. And that's probably – I bet that gets faster at the combine just from what I've seen on tape. Had a ridiculous play against Nikhil Harry where he runs the slant for him. Went stride for stride with Marquise Brown down the field and had a pick in that Oklahoma game. There's the high level was crazy impressive from him more consistency he reminded me a little bit of denzel ward the fact that denzel ward's straight line speed was really really good but also had quickness right so that that combination is rare usually just have Mm -hmm. one or the other i thought holmes was uh very impressive as far as footwork but also the straight line speed that you're talking about um cj henderson from florida the last guy you wrote down here yeah cj henderson he's gonna be a junior this next year florida corner uh six foot one he's bigger guy he was the sort of stalwart of that Florida defense. I know a lot of guys got hyped, like Shakai Polite, uh, Chauncey Garner-Johnson, the draft-eligible guys. He didn't get too much hype because, well, he just was barely targeted. He only was thrown at 36 times all year long, was stingy game after game, didn't allow a single touchdown. Uh, I think he, like I wrote in the article, restarts Florida's uh, string of defenders going in the first round. Yeah, they always kept, especially in the secondary, they kept churning out really mm-hmm. good uh, coverage players, at least in college over the last couple of years. And then Grant Delpit, as we move to safety, uh, just an absolute playmaker for that LSU uh, secondary. You know, Always around the ball, always seemed to be coming up with the key interception at the right time last year for LSU. Yes, yeah, similar to a Jamal Adams coming out where 
the plays he makes, there's no, oh, he's a single high guy making plays. It's kind of just everywhere on the field you saw him where those underneath coming up in zone coverage, uh, deep halves, quarters, he could make plays. He's that kind of guy. I think he might have a little more straight line athleticism than Jamal Adams. Now, Adams was incredibly physical. Uh, his work in the box, what he can do in the run from a blitz perspective, that's not what Delpit's going to replicate. But from a coverage perspective, ton to like about Grant Delpit, LSU safety. Just looking through some of the other grades, um, Mike Dana, edge defender from Central Michigan, has transferred to Michigan this year. Interesting. That'll be an intriguing He's a big, move. he's very powerful. You, yeah. A lot of times you expect, uh, I don't know, we expect when you see the sort of small school guys to be just either like these tiny, twitchy guys who kind of just like yeah. use their hands well and they win a bunch. But no, Dana was big, strong bull rush type of guy at a small school there in central michigan we'll see how he does there that's that's good to know the grad transfer guys i I just Mm -hmm. i enjoy being able to watch them just go ahead play immediately let's see especially in a jumping competition so he's just another name to watch and i'll throw kenny willikas in there another edge defender out of michigan state more run defender Mm -hmm. than um than pass rush even though he made 86 pass rush grade really really well uh played really well against uh as a pass rusher i should say but there is a play that i posted earlier last year where he picks up the tight end and just deposits him into the running back for a tackle for a oh, loss. Oh, yeah. Which I saw you retweet, you retweet that the other day. And I was like, why'd you just retweet that out of the blue? You know what I've been doing randomly? People have been liking my old tweets. Oh, yeah. Which so like, reminded me of them. So I'll just retweet them. If I, <laughs> if I didn't retweet myself earlier, I do. I'm like, oh, you liked it? Maybe someone else will jump on. That was my <laughs> Kenny Willickus play. It's somewhat relevant now yeah. as the rest of the draft community looks forward uh, to 2020. Um, again, not to put that's really good stuff, Mike. You know, we're looking forward to the first round, not to put you on the spot at all, but are there any other players who didn't miss the cut mm-hmm. or offensive players that we either need to know or that other people are talking about here or just general strengths of the class? Cole Van Lannon, your boy. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's get Wisconsin ahead of Wisconsin offensive tackle. Now, he might have been like 275 pounds last year. Just looking at him. It's probably the way he plays. He's probably at least 280, but the dude is about a slight. Like, he looks like. Maybe they brought in, you know, Levine. When Levine Tori Lolo had to play right tackle for the Falcons that one game, kind of looks like that. He is just yeah. so slightly built. But again, like, you'd rather have a guy who's slightly built and athletic put, some weight put the weight on than a guy who's fat, unathletic, try to take the weight off and get athletic. Like, that's, you'd rather have that transition. So he has the movement skills uh, to play the position. You saw he did it, played at a really high level this past year as well in limited time when he did have to fill in there. For Wisconsin because of injuries. Uh, so Cole Van Lannon named to watch the Wisconsin tackle. Let's get early on him, just like okay. we were with um, Ramchek. With Ryan Ramchek. Ramchek, a couple weeks into his Wisconsin was that? Career. It was two weeks when you're like, hey, Ryan Ramchek, what's yeah. up with this? I was like, look, Mike, I think and my like, eyes are playing like, tricks on me. This good. guy that nobody's ever heard of looks really smooth <laughs> and everything, really good. And yeah. you're like, yeah, that's a first-round tackle, and that's he's been one of the best college pro projections that we've seen. Mm-hmm. Real quick, Derek King, or Derek? Derek. From Houston. Yeah. As far as dual threat goes, just keep an eye. As the, the NFL is going to expand their horizons a little bit, and mm-hmm. the guys that are truly freakish with the ability to throw the ball and run the ball are going to get more play than I think um, than they had in the past, say. Mm-hmm. And also little Mason Fine from North Texas. Ooh. NFL throws in a 5'10 frame. Yeah. Got to love that. So awesome. Good stuff, man. Yeah. That's it. We'll see you next Exactly. Uh, next time we talk to me, I'll have... I'll know every single one. Every You'll know everybody. Guy. I'll just. Well, it'd be great. I'm. I'm, a, I'm looking forward to your, uh, to your draft coverage, Mike. Mm-hmm. It's our draft coverage at PFF, but you're you're heading it up. 
Um, if you guys aren't already aware, I appreciate all the support, first of all, as far as Edge and Elite goes, our two main products here at PFF, the subscription base, um, two products that we have, and we're going to have a preseason draft guide. Yes. So it's one of those things. You get 365 days of access. Just sign up today, and you'll get it. You'll get your preseason draft guide. You'll get this past year's draft guide. You'll get next year's everything. I mean, you, you just, mm-hmm. you'll get next year's draft yeah. guide. It's all Snapchat. rolled into one. So you might as well just sign up today. If you get PFF Elite, you get all the premium stats, every single NFL player graded dating back to 2006. So be sure to get on that, Mike. Thanks, man. We're going to bring Sam back here. So we're going to start going about once a week on the podcast unless something new or special comes up. Once a week and always looking for your feedback on what you guys want to hear. This offseason, maybe we can get Joe Banner on the podcast God, to discuss stop. some pass rush first coverage. I'm going to put that the odds of that pretty low. Just pretty low. He may have turned us down already. <laughs> oh, respectfully. Yes. Respectfully. Oh, nice. um, but we've got, if you, guys are, if you guys were following our pass rush first coverage debate, we've got some behind-the-scenes videos and just trying to mm-hmm. further the conversation. A lot of good stuff there. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again Monday with the PFF NFL podcast and Sam, who you guys loved having back on last Monday. Quick break to tell you guys about NFL Game Pass, the only way that you can replay every game all season long. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. So every game that we're talking about right now, you guys can rewatch it after the fact. I'm going to be going back, and you guys can too. Go check out Lamar Jackson in week one. Go check out Dak Prescott and what that Cowboys offense actually did. Go check out Kyler Murray and his NFL debut. That's my favorite thing about NFL Game Pass. You can go back and watch at any time. And if you haven't watched a condensed game yet, you have to try it out. It's every play from the game back to back to back so you can replay an entire NFL game in the fraction of the time it normally takes. It's how I'm able to follow all the MVP candidates, all the breakout stars, and, of course, your waiver wire pickups all season long. To see all the action this season and stay on top of all the big storylines, you need NFL Game Pass. Best of all, you can kick off the 2019 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Just sign up now at NFL.com slash Pro Football Focus NFL.